0: Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast, I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we are on episode 46. 46, yeah. This is, it's amazing we're at 46, but it's kind of a a bummer that that, um, in such a monumental episode as 46, we've got such a terrible thing to talk about. That is true.
1: But you know what? We got to be real. We've always been about being real. It's true, and being
0: relevant too. Yeah, and it's definitely, it's definitely really real, really relevant, really raw. Um, and and as you guys see in the title here, man, thrift stores. It's it's, I I feel like this podcast was built on on garage sales and thrift stores. And thrift stores were like a first love of mine, and uh, I see it crumbling down around me. Even before garage sales, huh? At one point garage sales have always been like a money making first love, but, but even as a kid, like going to thrift stores and, and just finding cool stuff. I don't know. I've always, I've thrifted so much in my life. Uh, and, and it's, it's almost sad to see like at this era of my life kind of coming to an end. I hear you. And, and, you know, I've been talking about this lately.
1: Those of you that have been following us on Instagram, like, especially these last few Saturdays that I've been going to garage. sales I've been talking about like, I think I'm done with thrift stores. You
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And and I think we've come to a place that
0: we're done. Yeah. Well, before we get there though, let's talk a little bit about um let's talk a little bit about thrift stores and kind of the uh the golden era as it were the of thrift stores. Was there ever a golden era? I mean, I, I've only been doing this reselling thing <laughs> for a little bit, but I feel like I was in like I was in like the the, the ending of the silver era maybe, right? <laughs> is that how that maybe. goes with comic books? or was the, like the end
1: of era? Pax Romana like right towards the end. Mm-hmm.
0: Just moving towards the end. Okay,
1: yeah. all right. So, I, thrift stores. I remember that was one of my. Like you said, it was one of the first passions. Like I'll never forget back in the day. Like this was years ago when I first started getting serious about reselling. Like I would watch a uh, thrift hunters uh, with uh, Jason T. Smith, and he had a he had a co host that was on his show. And you know, this was basically I'll I'll never forget, and I think I've shared this before where, you know, I would watch Storage Wars and then there always be, you know, on A&E had, they have those like little ads in the bottom, like coming up next, you know, it's this show, blah, blah, blah. And, and you're like, you're kind of intrigued. You're like, huh? I don't know. Like, do I want to watch this show? And then I remember with Thrift Hunters is one of those things where I'm like, Oh, do I need to get back to the mic? Yes, please. Okay. All right. And so, I, I would see thrift hunters and I'm like, no way, this is real. So it was a show by these two, uh, Jason T. Smith and Brian Goodman. And they would go to thrift stores, and I remember going, you know, I'm gonna watch this episode. And I was I was like, This is this is not real. Like, and so I watched the first episode and they were in thrift stores and they were making money. Like I remember the first episode, they had like this uh what do you call those um older like I'm trying to be PC here, like stuff that older people wear attire tire that's really uh, glitzy. You don't talk am Sequins. Oh,
0: yeah, sequins.
1: You know is what I'm talking about?
0: Sure. Is it is it a, a politically incorrect? I don't know. The older
1: generation like wears those kind of okay. items. Okay, gotcha. And I remember they sold one, and they they you know they what they would uh, do? Wow. What do what the whoa? That's so bad. Okay. And we don't edit that, right? So you're gonna keep that under grade. Right. Okay. Who, who would uh what would uh huh? All right. So so they would go to thrift stores and then at the end they would show like you know how much they paid for it and how much it sold for on eBay, right? And I remember seeing this this sequence like jackets sell for a lot of money, and then I remember Hawaiian shirts, and I go, that is so cool. Like there's actually money to be made in thrift stores. And then I remember they, they were talking about on the show about why they prefer thrift stores over garage sales. Wow, that's intense. That and, must have been the golden era of thrift stores. It must have been. And, and they said because thrift stores are nice because everything is in one location. That's true. That, that, that is a
0: huge benefit. Do you
1: know what I'm saying? Right, like, yeah. So you don't have to go house to house. And, and like you pretty much you kind of know what to expect. Right. And this was, you know, I'm I'm taking a look here, like this show was on back in 2014, right? So it's been about five years, right? Right at the time that I started reselling. So I loved it because back then, like I could go into a thrift store and I, you know, I always found like sweet deals, right? Like I could find a rain spooner and it'd be like, you know, $6, $8, $10. And there'd be a few of them, right? And usually, like, if there was a boutique section, it was usually stuff that, you know, no one really wanted. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: It was, like, high-end stuff, but it wasn't, like, resellable. You know, tell me a little bit. So, before we move on, so, that period of time, like, I really didn't go to garage sales. Like, I really went to thrift stores a lot, and I was hooked on that show because it motivated me going, I could go into any thrift store and I'm going to find, not gold per se, but I'm going to find things that can definitely make money and it's going to be some cool finds. So is that kind of what kind of got you hooked a little bit to thrift stores right away?
0: Um, I mean, that was part of it. Part of it too was just the nostalgia of going back to thrift stores because there was a a long period of my life where I didn't go to thrift stores. So I grew up um, as a kid. I did a lot of my um, like school shopping for clothing, all that kind of stuff at thrift stores, which yeah, there were times where I cared and there were times where I didn't, um, especially because there's this thrift store where we lived that had this special that if you spent $20 on a Sunday at the thrift store, you got a 50% off coupon that could be used within the next two weeks. Oh, that's nice. And it's 50% off your entire order. Okay. And so you'd go back on a Sunday and you'd spend at least $40, which would turn into $20 and you get another 50% off. So I'd go like every two weeks and we would spend like $20, which was actually $40 you know how many clothes you can get at a thrift store? And at this time it wasn't like the boutique style pricing, which, which we're seeing now uh, at so many thrift stores, it was like 99 cents a shirt, 2.99 for like a jacket, right? Like everything was inexpensive. And so I did a lot of my school shopping. Then, um, my mom used to go every single week to get her nails done at this nail salon and right next to the nail salon was another thrift store and so I'd always beg to go with her and I'm like a junior hire because I would take like my $15 allowance, I'd go into the thrift store and I'd I'd find like Nintendo 64 games that I didn't own or like things that like I'd always just like look at stuff, right? Especially that was about the period of time I was starting to get into vintage audio and at that time you can get tons of like really high quality vintage audio stuff at thrift stores. So there was just this period of my life where I I was at thrift stores every week not for reselling, but just for me, right? Sometimes I wouldn't even buy anything. I just like to look at all the junk. Um, And then I went a long time without going to thrift stores. So once I started reselling and I had a reason to go back into thrift stores, it was good, right? And so I was going in, I was making money. um, And, you know, it's... Are you talking about like six months ago or are you talking about even before that? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, like it's crazy. Yeah, things are changing so quickly because yeah, like seven months ago, eight months ago... Going into thrift stores for reselling has been has been a huge sell, especially, I mean, there was a thrift store near me where I would say at least twice a month they were doing mm-hmm. dollar clothes sales where every single clothing item was for sale for a dollar, right? And so even if we didn't get there early that day, there were times where we'd go an hour before closing and they've been open all day with this dollar sale clothes, or sometimes it's like $2 and we would still walk out with bags full of items that we could list on eBay or Poshmark. Yeah. And it's just not happening anymore. The prices well, no, are outrageous. And I, and
1: I remember that because you would come to me and I'm like, man, we're just, we keep getting inventory. Like it was, And this was only like six months ago. Not that long ago. I mean, I can go back five years and I remember I could pick up shirts for like $5. This is only five years ago, right? And I could pick up. You know you know dinner boots like sometimes they'd be twenty and sometimes they'd be you know sometimes I'd get lucky with ten or fifteen, so there was still higher it wasn't like this you know nostalgic age where everything was cheap, but you know you could come in and you would you wouldn't feel like you were getting fleeced every time right right and I remember this one store really close to my really close to where I used to live, well where I still live, and I could go there. I actually would go there every day.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was for sure one of your honey holes. Oh,
1: well, you know the store I'm talking about. And every day I would always find like nice stuff to resell. Right. And I would say it was like that probably until we started the podcast hmm. and even into a little bit into the podcast. And now I will only go to that store maybe once every two or three weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that goes to say like there's. Well, let me tell you why, though. Do you want to finish your point? No, sorry. go for it. So what I'm learning now is that, and, and, you know, it's not like Goodwill hasn't done this. I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked about articles from like th- 2005 where they're researching eBay and pulling stuff that was going to make more than $50, but, you know, stores like these, it, you know, they, some items they kept out there because they knew that like their customers coming in would keep coming back. Because people would want these items. Now it's like either A, everything has been pulled, mm. right? All the good stuff is gone, right? Or B, now they whatever has been left has been super marked up, right? And so it's just, it's kind of, I, I can't explain it, but it, it's one of those things where you know, and, and I, I know some people are going to talk to us and go, "Well, they're just a business," and you know, if you went to the Nike outlet, you wouldn't complain, right? And I think there's value to that. I, I think there's there's truth to that, but the the reality is, I'm I don't know. I'm kind of struggling because I feel like years ago, and maybe this is my perception, but more people were willing to go into thrift stores because they could get
0: like items that they needed. Right. Well, I think too, part of it is because that's true. Like I would, I would never, I would never, um, blame or be upset with Goodwill or Salvation Army or any thrift store. If they're making business choices that are best for their business, right? Like that, that's, that's what they're there for. That's what they're doing. They're making their, their business, they're making business choices. And, So I would never say like, oh, they're a business, like because they're not catering to me and and doing stuff for me, like I'm upset. What I'm saying, what I think a lot of resellers are pointing out is resellers are a big part of their customer base. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's bigger than we know. Yeah, I think it's huge. And so it's possible that they've got this idea that they're making a good business choice and time will tell. Maybe they are like, maybe, maybe we'll look back 10 years from now and say like, man, thrift stores used to be good and now they never are and they look just totally different and that's just the way it is. Or maybe this is a phase, right? Like maybe this is a cycle that the thrift stores are going through and they could turn out and and recognize that, hey, this model that we're choosing and testing out with um, not putting, you know, pulling some items and selling it themselves online or marking up everything to the point where one, resellers aren't going to be customers and then their typical customers aren't going to be, happy about paying those prices, then they might look back and say like, oh, this model isn't working for us, right? So I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're making a mistake. I think that the model that a lot of the thrift stores, at least in our area, are going towards is a model that they think will be profitable. And I, I think time will say it's not. I think you're giving them too much credit. I, I, I think...
1: <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> I'll give you an example. So... I walked into Goodwill uh, like three weeks ago, right? Actually, let's, let's go back. Let's go back to some examples of why I'm done with the restores. So when I can go into a Goodwill and there's a pair of used Birkenstocks for 79.99, yeah, that's like outrageous. Yep. Right, and it's not even outrageous for hey Orlando, like they're trying to make money. I'm like, whoa, okay, but I can go to DSW and get a pair for cheaper than 79.99. Yep. Right. And I, and I know myself, so I researched it and those weren't even worth $50, like brand new. They were worth maybe 60. Okay. And then I go into another that same store, right? This is one of many. I go into the same store and they have this jacket that has been there back in June. It was listed at $125. Okay, I go in there in February, they upped it to 150 and it still hasn't sold. Mm. And then I go to their boutique rack where it's coats, right? It's a middle winter, right? And it's San Diego, so it's not that cold, right? right. But every single coat of theirs is listed for, and you know, they're trying to sell for 50 to $80. So I'm going, okay, at this route, I'm better off going to the outlets.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Right. Because if I'm going to drop that kind of cash to make that smaller margin, I should just be going to outlets. I should just be going to this other discount stores. I should, you know, there's various other, other avenues I can take my money to. Right. And then I went to, <laughs> I thought this was just this one store. And then I, I go to another store and somebody, you know, I had, I had um, people alert me that like Goodwill is changing and we're not just talking about Goodwill. We're talking about all three stores, but I would say Goodwill
0: and San Diego is a major culprit. I think, I think we should say like, it's typically chain, thrift stores. If it's not a chain thrift store, it's the model looks a little different.
1: It does. I agree. I agree. The mom and pop
0: stores, right? Like they're legit. Right. Like I, I definitely, uh, you know, but, I, but like the, the man we're, we're talking about the man wow, of thrift stores, you know, like so, the establishment.
1: But here's the crazy thing. So, you know, I look at Craigslist Hunter, by the way, congratulations Craigslist Hunter. If you're listening to us for hitting a hundred K on YouTube, I just, Woo-hoo. I just saw that definitely well-deserved. Like, ah, just, you've been providing so much value and he had a video a year ago, I think over a year ago that like he was done with Goodwill or he went into the store and the prices were outrageous. So this is a year ago. And this is the Midwest. This isn't even Mm. San Diego. This isn't San Francisco like or LA and you know, the prices are outrageous. So going back to the store that I go to, they knew there was a rodeo in town, right? So all their boots were like 35 to 50 plus. And they weren't even like Tony Lama. They weren't even like good brands. They were just boots. So I'm going like, okay. So obviously they're trying to establish themselves as retail, which if they want to do that, that's all good. Like I'm good with that. Like like you said, we're business. But that just means I'm going to go somewhere
0: else. Yeah. And I think... And the reason why I said, I think that they're going to eventually realize this model isn't working. I mean, uh, and I could be wrong. Like if this model works out for them, good for them, right? Like they, they that was a smart business choice, but I think they're going to chase away most, if not all of their reseller customers, the other customer base, which is the other complaint people often make about people who go to thrift stores and buy things to flip. Um, and they say like, well, why is it fair that you sell it for so much and that the thrift store doesn't one is thrift stores providing a service or trying to provide a service for people who who don't have the same expendable income, right? Like they're buying, if they're buying used clothes or used items at a thrift store, it's not often because they're looking for like a really rare item, but they're just like, they just want clothes, right? They just want shoes. And so if they're pricing their stuff so high, not only are they hurting their reseller customers, but how does that help that customer base? Right? I agree. It just doesn't. And, So they're going to, they're going to, they're going to lose customers there. They're going to lose customers. And we've already talked about, so I don't want to, I don't want to like go over it too much, but selling on eBay, we're reaching a wider audience. We're basically doing the personal shopper job for other people. And that's not the service Goodwill is providing. Now, if that's what Goodwill wants to do and they want to sell things on eBay, which I know they do, I know thrift stores do do that. um, Great. But you can't charge eBay prices for items in the store because you're not reaching the same market
1: no agreed and and so i i see what you're saying the economics doesn't work the other part that's been kind of interesting was i have point blank ask managers like why is this listed and they'll go oh i don't know just somebody in the back just like constantly passing the buck and i'm just like okay like do i really do i really want to i don't know it's just it's hard because it these thrift stores like some of them help out a lot of people Right. So we're not saying like, hey, we're not going to thrift stores anymore because, you know, we don't believe in the mission or what they're doing. We're going because in the end, like, I'll just be out there. What matters most is my family. Yep. Right. Providing for my family. So if going to the thrift store is going to hurt my margins and not allow me to provide for my family, if I decide to go a different route, then I'm just not going to go back. Yeah, it's just not worth my time. It's not worth my money, and there, there's another part of it is just the anxiety of it. Yeah, I don't know. Am I being weird now?
0: No, I mean it, and and maybe it's just
1: frustrating when you walk in and you see these prices and you're just
0: like, yeah, the prices. Why is, do you have even walk in here? The prices are frustrating, especially because part of part of the the thrill of thrift stores was you can look through racks and racks and racks of junk, and then find something. You're like, yes, finally. And then you look at the price and it's like, nope, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're they're, they're, they're charging $20 for this and I might be able to sell it for 25. Like if this was a typical $2 shirt or, you know, $5 pair of shoes, like, okay, I'd pick it up. But when they are charging so much, then you're spending all that time. You get that momentary, like, yes, all of my work has finally paid off. I have found the item. And then you can't even get it. It's like, they're like, here's the item. You finally worked to get it. Psych. We're charging you too much.
1: Well, and then there's, and I'm being real here. Like there are people I know that have picked up items and at the register, they are told that was underpriced and they've raised the price. Ooh, no way. I'd fight that. Yeah, no, so would I. And I go, wow, like that just speaks volumes. Yeah. Right? Because it's not customer service based. No. And uh, I don't know. I, you know, there was a time where like I looked forward, like, you know, I would plan my routes, and I go, "Hey, I'm gonna go this store, this store, this store," and I would, like you said, I'd enjoy my time because I knew that, yeah, there would be high price stuff, and that would bother me a little bit, but I knew that in time, like they understood that they need to, you know, they need to have items in there to get people in the door to buy, right? And right now, I think it's no, I think we're gonna send everything online because we're gonna profit more online. And so for me it's like, okay, you want to profit more online, then that's fine. I'll just you know I'll make profits and give my profits for you somewhere else,
0: yeah, no exactly and 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 maybe maybe that does work maybe maybe if they've they're doing the research they're listing and they're doing the job that we would be doing, great, at that point, they're just becoming online resellers, uh, but you know th- then again, they're basically at that point making the claim like we are now the resellers, we don't. Resellers aren't our customers, so if that's the case, if that's the model they go with, then it kind of pushes us out the door. Which, like you said, I think we're a huge market for them.
1: Yeah, and I would say, you know, that's not the only re- thrift stores aren't the only reason.
0: Like, why I'm, I'm looking to move on from thrift stores. Thrift stores aren't the only reason. You're yes, to mo- yes. move on. What did I say? he said well. You said thrift stores aren't the only reason I'm I'm looking to move on from thrift stores. Correct. Interesting.
1: Well, i it, it's the market too. Right. And the reason I say that is because, like right now, the second and we talked about this in our previous podcast, like there are other major brands or other stores and other competitors that are looking to dip into the secondhand market because the secondhand market is definitely exploding,
0: yeah. i think I think that's part of it. Um but before we we get on to like that part, what do you think about? Do you think how would you answer people who claim? that like we, people like us doing podcasts, putting stuff on Instagram are the reason that thrift stores aren't a viable option for resellers anymore. Like we're the ones telling eBay, are telling Goodwill and Salvation Army, like here are the items that people are coming in to buy. And now they're going and selling them themselves.
1: I would say that that assumption, oh, you put me on I'm shaking ground. I would say that assumption is false. The reason I see it's false is because I've said this in many podcasts is that the, the playing field is level for everybody. Hmm. Everybody has access to eBay completed sold. Everybody has access to Keepa.com or Camel 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 or the Amazon seller app. Like everybody has access to the same tools. So, so the reality is there is so much out there. Like, and we share our bolo's like every episode. Okay, when we share our bolo, number one, we're only sharing to, uh, pers- you know, a hundredth of the percentage of people in the United States and international. You know what I mean? Like the number is so minuscule. What we share. And even those that have a hundred K subscribers, like that's such a small, small, small portion of the population. Right. And then on top of that, what they're sharing is such an even smaller portion of inventory that's out there. Right. So is it possible that maybe like, the Tommy Bahama market or the Hill figure market or whatever market, maybe it has tanked a little bit because of resellers. Sure. I think there's some validity to that, but overall, no, I can tell you from very personal, you know, encounters with, other, I know people that work at Salvation Army and Goodwill and, and these other thrift stores that they're in the back, they have their phones and they're researching.
0: Yeah. I, I cause, and that's one of the things I was going to say too is our our podcasts range from like an hour to two hours. So the likelihood that the Goodwill Corporation is spending time listening to our podcast or other people who are like us who are putting YouTube videos out. I mean, there's some that are like only five minutes long, but a lot of them are like long format things. Spending hours and hours and hours to get those handful of bolos when they could just spend, if they spent that amount of time researching the items themselves right they would already know it right so so yeah i think there there, there may be some market crashes like if, if some big youtubers were to say like go out and buy anything that you see that has a tommy bahama sticker on it tag on it doesn't matter what it is buy it and then over the next year every single tommy bahama thrift stores gets bought out yeah thrift stores might say like huh maybe we should charge more for this
1: yeah and that and i think that did happen with tommy bahama i mean tommy bahama at one point you could buy them at the thrift store for like five to eight bucks, and next you know they're trying to sell them for twenty to thirty. And even now, though the market has tanked, they're still
0: trying to sell them for a lot of money. Yeah, so it's almost like it's almost like they benefited from it for a little bit, like all the resellers who were still paying up high prices because they up the price. But now that that market has crashed, like the Goodwill and Salvation Army, are actually a little slow to to rebound on yeah,
1: that. Yeah, no, I it's just happening, and it's not to say that they don't. Like I know some YouTubers who. Have you know been alerted that their videos are being shown every time an episode drops at their at a local Goodwill. Like it does happen. Hmm. It does happen. But again, it's it's one of those there there's just so much out there. In the end, you know, how much work does it take to just type in a few words into eBay and hit complete its sold? It does not take a lot of work. Right. And so, and this is what the another reason why we say like there's plenty for people to go out. And resale, right? Just because we share information doesn't mean everybody's going to go out there and do it either, right? So let's say, let's run the scenario that every thrift store listens to Pure Hustle podcast and they pick up on every single bolo. That's great, but that doesn't mean that people are going to be out there looking for this either or buying it and they're going to miss out because there's a lot of stuff that we don't share that, you know, stores still find out. I'll give an example right now.
0: So well, once you give it, then it's no longer an example. Whoa, that's kind of meta. That that
1: is true, but you know we've talked about I don't okay we've talked about cricket right, like the cartridges and stuff.
0: Yeah, you have. Even though when we very first started this podcast, you said
1: yeah, that was something we were giving, never going to. I'm share. not
0: giving this one away.
1: Yeah, but it's been so much on Instagram and on YouTube, and and you know what? I went to a thrift store. Remember, one of my biggest hauls a month ago was a bunch of cricket cartridges that. They sold to me for $3.99 and I've easily already made over $500 on that haul net profit. Mm-hmm. So even, and even though other bigger YouTubers have shared that, that was still something that was missed. So I definitely don't believe that social media and YouTube is the downfall of why prices are high at their source.
0: And it, it may be, it may be a contributing factor, uh, but I think, I think we have to recognize that um, and Reezy actually said this in the episode that we were on with him a couple of weeks ago okay. was this idea of like somebody's going to, somebody's going to spill the beans, right? Like somebody on YouTube, somebody on Instagram, yeah, okay. somebody's going to spill the beans. And, you know, for better or worse, like there are a lot of problems with technology and I think we can probably point out to like all of the problems that cell phones are causing with like teenagers, and us. Um, and it's really easy to do and how, how technology is hurting the reselling community um, but then it's also like, but it also helps a whole lot, right? So yeah. um it, it's it's going to happen. This is the world we live in. And so there's not there's only so much you can do about it, right? Like, I don't think you'd be able to say, like, okay, nobody's ever going to talk about reselling on social media again. And so we have to recognize how do we how do we operate in this landscape, given that that might play a fraction of a of a, a percentage or a portion of of the current climate that we're seeing with their stores
1: and again, going back to, It's not because the thrift stores themselves. It's just the changing market. Like right now, clothing is so much easier to produce, right? And at the same time, there's so much out there already. And right now, the cool thing is vintage clothing, like the secondhand market. I don't know. Macklemore's thrift store song, right? Whatever it is, like... You like popping pop tags? That what you're?
0: <laughs> no,
1: but what I'm saying is, is that ultimately, like the thrift stores have caught on that this is a market, and people have seen that you know what well, it's a cool thing, so they're willing to pay up for these items. So it really, you know, you could do all the research in the world. You can use eBay, completed sold. You can listen to podcasts. You could do YouTube, but that's where the market's at right now.
0: Well, so how do, what do we do about this this is the if this is the the, the world we're living in with with thrift stores going down the drain, um, what do we do?
1: You don't go to thrift stores
0: So like we're done That's so, it. so we're Podcast gonna cast over we're gonna we're gonna I think we should get signs picket signs and every reseller should stand outside of thrift stores and say <laughs> no. no more thrift stores. We should have shares that say thrift stores game over. <laughs> I'm just joking. all joking. right no listen.
1: There are people that never step foot in a thrift store, and I will tell you myself. Over the last, I don't know, two months outside of my trip to LA with self Quick Ship Quick, I've maybe gone. To, and here's
0: what's what's what's. May I in interrupt this? you for a second? Yeah, sure. Right. And I, I'm only interrupting because um, I, I I'm sure some of our listeners at this point are like excited to hear. How do how do what do we do now? How do we beat this system? How do we how do yeah. we still turn a big profit with thrift stores being out of the question? Uh, but I also just want to like make make it clear that when we say we're done with thrift stores, thrift stores are done. Like we're yeah, we're, yeah. we're giving up on thrift stores. We're never going to actually one hundred percent give up on thrift stores, right? Like just ninety nine percent, maybe not even ninety nine percent. I think what I think this is saying more than anything is we need to as resellers be adaptable. Right, we need oh, to yeah. be fluid. We need to be willing and to. You need to be able to flex, but even though you tell me it's flexible, yes, we need to be flexible. To flex is to like. <laughs> it gives me a hard time. To time. like, you know, step up to somebody like that's to flex. You're okay. Flexing right. on somebody. So um, you need to be flexible. You need to be fluid. You need to be willing to pivot and recognize that markets change, right? That as a reseller, it is very easy to get. And I've noticed this myself where I get into a groove where it's like, I want to sell a certain thing. I want to look for certain things. I want to look for that certain thing at certain places. And that strategy might work for a week, a month, six months, a year. But eventually, eventually that strategy is not going to be as profitable. And there's times where I tell you something and you're like, oh, that market was really big several years ago and then it crashed, right? And I'm thinking like, oh man, so it's probably going to crash again, right? So I think w- more than anything, what we're saying is right now, thrift stores, the reality is at least for us, and maybe where you're at, this this isn't relevant. Thrift stores are still amazing. But I think that what we're seeing pretty much nationwide is that currently thrift stores are getting harder and harder to source at and to make great profit on as easily but there's still going to be those fines. We talk mm-hmm. Orlando says all the time, every thrift store has its weakness. Um, every it's true. If you're not, if you're not going occasionally and you're not checking, you're going to miss those weaknesses and those weaknesses change, right? Like for a few months, it might be pants and then they get rid of that person. They hire somebody else. And now their new weakness is shoes, right? Like th- there's always going to be a weakness and it might be a few months. It might be a couple of years. Who knows how long thrift stores are going to be on the down, but but this is an ebb and flow market, right? Like things are going to go up and down. So as we talk to you and and, and explain to you, like what are the best strategies you can use to, to operate in our current market? If you're, if you're noticing struggles with thrift stores, or you just want to expand your, your inventory sourcing, you want to expand your, your niche, you want to grow your reselling business. um, Just recognize that, that thrift stores may be at a low right now, but that doesn't mean that's always going to be the case. Um, I, I think we'd be foolish to say, never step in foot into a thrift store again. No, agreed. So agreed. please don't take that from this podcast. We are not advocating that you stop thrifting. We're advocating is be flexible and know that there's other ways to make money as as the market changes. Agreed, agreed. And before we move forward, if you haven't
1: had a chance yet, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Hit the thumbs up if you like this. Yeah, Uh, smash
0: the like button. Smash that. All the cool people say. Yeah,
1: and even if if you don't, still smash it and hit that bell button to get notified. If you're listening to our podcast and you haven't jumped over to our YouTube, we'd appreciate it if you just you know hit that subscribe button. It opens a lot of doors and it, it suggests our video more to others. And on our podcast side, if you you know you're feeling kind and you have some time on your hands. Writing a review on iTunes and or Spotify definitely goes a long way and sharing it, hitting that share button on YouTube or on iTunes or on Spotify or on Anchor goes a long way to, you know, bring value to others. And also you can follow us on Insta. We're always dropping knowledge on Instagram every day. Uh, we are Pure so Podcast on Twitter. We are Pure So Cast on Facebook, we are Purcell so Podcast. Uh, and if you ever want to share some knowledge or have a question, you can always uh, call us, uh, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com. And as always, if we provide value to you and you know you want to help us out in a monetary way, there's always that link below for a one-time donation or a monthly donation. It's always appreciated. We're thankful for all of you. And even if you just, no, not just, we appreciate the fact that you take the
0: time to listen to our podcast or watch our podcast. Yeah. I think, is this the part where I do the, for the the cost of one cup of coffee? (laughs) No, we're not going to. You could, I just, you could give. Mike, one cup of coffee. There you go. For his to keep him up while he's doing podcast. There you go. So yeah, we appreciate that. And and yeah. So if you if you're noticing that that thrift stores are maybe uh, in a dip in your local area, hit hit the like button on the on the YouTube. If you notice that thrift stores are still going great in your area, hit that like button oh and let goodness. us know. That way we know how things are going.
1: If you notice the podcast is going down, hit that like button. All right. Anyways, hey, thank you guys. So let's talk about. How do we beat these thrift stores? So we yes. don't
0: have to step foot into thrift stores. Put up your dukes. We gotta we gotta figure out how to beat these thrift stores. So serious. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm I'm serious when it comes to making money. No, so am I. 100 yeah, percent This is why we're pure as a podcast. Serious. Making money. Thrift stores, you let me down. How do I win? What do I do? You get the stuff before they ever walk into a thrift store. That's ooh, so I I like that. So like when people go to drop stuff off at the thrift store,
1: that's one way of doing it. I'm not suggesting that
0: one, <laughs>
1: but that is one way. I'm not
0: I, like stand out there with money and as people walk up. Like, what do you got in your bag? I got some, I got some cash. I'm that's sure, a terrible I'm, idea. I'm
1: sure I'm sure it's a crime or something. It, that's maybe.
0: probably a really terrible idea. So no no, but it's an idea. It's out there. It's
1: it's it's a idea. Not not recommended. It's not our or idea. Encouraged by Pure Russell Podcast, but it's an idea. So. The reason I say this is you have to beat the thrift stores at I would say at their own game. So there's a few ways to do that, right? Because thrift stores, it's kind of easy, right? Hey, donations, come bring them, right? For us, it's like, well, how do I get a hold of Orlando or Mike? How, how, do I, how do I get these items, right? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of people just are looking to get rid of stuff when they donate, right? They're not going like, I'm going to do my charitable good deed and I'm going to donate this. They're more of like, Hey, I, this stuff is, you know, taking up space in my garage and, or in my kid's bedroom or whatever it is or leftovers from garage sales or leftover from (laughs) or bad buys as a reseller. So, and a lot of this is common sense. A lot of you that are experienced sellers, you probably have done this for a while. So hopefully we bring value by maybe pointing out something that you might've missed. Or if you have something you'd like to suggest, Hey, you know, hit us up in the comments below. Uh, but the first thing is use the logo game to your advantage, right? There's different programs out there that you could put like keyword searches on all of them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, are you,
0: are you just talking like,
1: like on Craigslist oh, yeah. or offer up or let go. Uh, there's, there's searches and those that have been reselling for a long time. Like, you know about
0: these searches. So it's basically like you're basically doing, online arbitrage but just through the local game right correct yeah.
1: correct and so right now and you know i don't have time to delve into all of them but there's there are programs out there and there's even apps for like craigslist that you could put hey if these certain keywords pop up in a listing
0: like notify me yeah and i've 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 played around with and i haven't really done much with the local game stuff i have a little bit i've only done like local game to local game flips um but I think it would be, and and let me know, Orlando, if this is a good yeah. idea or not, as I, I'm i just kind of thinking about this. So when we talked about in our garage sale episode, yeah. you had like a running list of keywords that you search for, right? Correct. So in addition to that, I've tried before, I'm like, okay, so let me think, what would this look like? So I've looked up iPads, right? iPad, yeah. iPad three, iPad two, whatever pops up on Craigslist. Correct. And there's all these prices and then there's all these conditions and some of them are eight gigabyte and some of them are 32 gigabyte. So the, I think the key is to have a handful of items that you're kind of specializing in and that, you know, what mm-hmm. the price is, what your bottom line price is for each one of those items. So if it's an iPad, iPad three with 64 gigabytes, I'd pay X amount. And then that way, you know, and when you see all these other iPads pop up, you're not worried about those prices. You're worried about a specific type for a specific price, right? So you got to know, and I think it would take a little bit of time to develop that list of like specialty items. But if you started with something you already are familiar with, that would probably help. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode.
1: No, I agreed. I mean, w- one of the easiest ways on Craigslist, they have a save searches function. Now, I haven't done this in a while, but it's not as fast as other programs and you can Google and, and find stuff out there that works. But, you know, just to get the email notification, like, hey, here's some results. Here are some items that fell under your keywords, right? And so you get to those people right right away, right? And I have sourced a lot on Craigslist. I know we joke about how antiquated Craigslist is and how, you know, it's, <laughs> no one goes out there, but it's still there. There's also other, and let me give you another uh, tool that I haven't, you know, I've used this, but I haven't used it as much as, as I should. There's a IFTTT, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Okay, so just just look it up, just type in IFTTT and Craigslist, and then I'll just read it what it says. It says, perfect for being first in line for competitive Uh, for all kinds of different markets are getting notified. So there's different ways to get... Now, I haven't done this one in a little while, right? Because I've I've been more doing the offer up Mm. and let go because I find that more people are on there. But it's also to your advantage that more people are on those because some people ignore Craigslist. Mm. And so there's not a lot of eyes on Craigslist. So sometimes you can get deals. So I've had Harley Halls come out of Craigslist. I've had... Hawaiian shirt hauls come out of Craigslist. I've had electronic calls. I've had speakers. I've had Bose speakers come out of there. I mean, before they ever get to the Goodwill or before they ever get donated, that's one way to find stuff.
0: Yeah, and But I, it takes work. Yeah, it seems like it takes a lot of work. And I was going to ask too, so besides just putting in the work of knowing a handful of items or, or maybe a larger than handful of items um, and knowing what the prices are that you're looking for, have you seen, and I know, I mean, I, I know you've seen it and I'm sure some of our, our listeners or all of our listeners have seen this, but have you tried this and and what do you know about the people who put up the advertisements on things like Craigslist and it's like, for instance, cameras, when I'm looking up cameras and I type in, I don't know, certain Canon, you know, 5D Mark three, right? I put that into Craigslist and more than half of the results I get are, we buy cameras. Yep. And then like a million camera names are spammed in the, in the description and they're trying to buy used cameras and they're like... Sometimes it's just a picture of somebody like holding a bunch of cash. So it's like, look, I've got cash, I'll buy your stuff. Um, have you tried that? Is that successful? Is that so? I haven't done it myself,
1: but there are people I know that have been very successful at doing it. I kind of go back and forth on it. I think so. I do it a little differently and I'll explain a little bit how I do it. But the people I do know that are successful, they'll do like, hey, are you, do you need your stuff hauled away? Now, you have to be willing to take it all. Mm. I think that's one thing you need, or you may get somebody that, you know, you put something that I'm willing to, I do partial estate. Right. And so you say, Hey, I'm willing to, I I buy certain goods, kind of like American pickers, you know, Mm. on the show, how they have their list of items. Mm. So you can put your list of items like this is what I'm looking for. And people will contact you. I actually, you know what? (laughs) I did do that for Harley for a little bit. Mm. And I had some people contact me. um, But you know, you always got to be careful because it could be sketchy. Like you don't want to carry out a bunch of cash. Yeah right? When you go to a location, usually uh, you want to have a conversation about what's there and agree to some terms on certain things. Uh, you can't agree to a lot because it's sight unseen. Right. But yeah, no, those ads definitely help. And the, people do those ads on Offer up now hmm. and on Let go. And, it, and it's it's like all over the place. But even though it looks like spam, it does work. I know people that do it and it consistently works. Hmm. And maybe some of you that are listening do. So let us know in the comments.
0: Yeah. L- let us know. Cause I mean, it'd be something I'd be interested in trying if it's, if it's, if it's effective, like what are your strategies? What are you guys doing? Um, yeah. Cause I'd like, I'd like to to see if something like that. I always think of all those people when I put in a certain camera, uh, right. Like there is a specific camera. The camera I'm using right now is, it's called a, a G85. It's a really neat camera. Um, it is, not a very common camera though. Right. Okay. So I had to look up so many Craigslist ads. I eventually bought it on eBay and it was never available. All the other Lumix cameras in that like model range were th- available, but this specific camera was almost never available. Um, and I'd always see those ads. And I'm thinking, man, these ads are the ones buying up all these cameras that I want. Right. And so sure. I'd love to, I'd love to see if I could be that person that's picking up these cameras, right. Or picking up whatever it is. Um, so yeah, so let us know if, if you've used those types of ads what do you do what are your secrets? I'm sure I could just YouTube it and watch but uh but I'd love to hear from you guys
1: so kind of what I do along those lines is I won't put an ad but I'll find stuff that like is in certain niches that are like buying in and what I'll do is I'll go on offer up and on offer up they'll ha- there'll be a certain item and then you can go to like their username and then you can click on all their offers. Mm. So then you get to see everything. Right. And so what I'll make do use is out of one trip, make use out of one trip. So what I'll do is I'll pre bundle things before I ever show up. Mm. Right. So the other day it was crazy. There was one that they were selling like all kinds. They had like Harley stuff. They had like a, a pair of Carolina boots. They had uh some Pendleton stuff. They had just uh, just a bunch of stuff. So what I did is, and unfortunately this one didn't work out because there were another reseller. So it was obvious when I give them a certain price, they weren't willing to take it. And again, I want to tell you, like, this is one of those things like for every, you know, it's going to take like 30 to 40 nos, maybe 50 nos before you get a yes.
0: But at that point, the yes better really be what is it. hundred percent.
1: Right. But you, I already have a template ready to go. Like I already have a template like, Hey, you know, I'm really interested in in multiple of your items. I'm willing to show up tomorrow. I'll pay cash. These are the items I'm willing to pay. And this is what I'd be willing to pay. And, and that's it. Mm. And sometimes people are like, you know what? Yeah. Come on over, you know, take, and I'll do this on let go. And I'll do this on offer up because you know, if they have, let's say a video, let's say like the other day, somebody was selling n uh, N64 games. So they had a couple posted. And that's all you saw because some of their other listings were really old. And for whatever reason, they got pushed down in the offer up search. And so when I went to other offers, I saw all these other N64 games and I was able to compile them and offer them and get a bundle. You know what I mean? So that is one way to get the item before they ever get donated. Now, you got to be careful because there's a lot of resellers, but that doesn't mean the deals aren't still there. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, Networking with others. And you know what that means? Two things. That could mean either one: a garage sale person, a thrift store person, or that could mean another reseller, mm. right? So, I'll give you an example. Somebody today on IG said uh, they're actually in one of our uh, comments. They said that they couldn't go to garage sale, but they went to Walmart, and they had let the person know at Walmart that they're a reseller. And the person said, "You know what? Hey, my husband uh, buys storage units, and but we end up keeping a lot of the stuff." And you know what? If you're interested, you can come to our storage unit and you can buy from us. Think about that. Like we always talk about like sharing that you're a reseller is a good thing. Mm. Do you have a business card yet, Mike? Not yet. All right. So that's one of the recommendations I have too, is that all the time, like I'll go on offer up or I'll go to a garage sale and people are trying to offload stuff. And if they have a lot, I will give them my business card and, I can't tell you, and I've shared this on many podcasts, how many times people have called me and said, you know what? We have all this extra stuff we were trying to hold out. We wanted to give it to Goodwill, but you know what? We'd rather get some money for this. Why don't you stop on by? And they know that you're like the last stop before they donate. So you're willing, you're able actually to get a pretty good price on items.
0: Yeah. And and, and we jokingly talked about before this idea of, um, Standing in front of a thrift store before somebody drops it off in their bin, right? Like obviously we're joking, but a lot of times you hear at garage sales people say I mean I I was at one garage sale And I wish I would have had a card or would have talked to the guy a little more but he had all kinds of music equipment and he had a bunch of surfboards and Skateboards and a lot of like stuff that was out of my price range that I just didn't know enough about to do the research on Um, Like I'm not gonna drop $150 on items that I'm like i I have no idea about Mm -hmm. music instruments, right? And I made a comment like, "Yeah, I hope you sell everything." I bought like a pair of pants from him, and he's like, "Yeah, if I don't whatever, he's all whatever I don't sell is just going to Goodwill, right?" And I'm thinking like, "Kidding me, right? Like, not surely not everything, right? Like only a handful of things, but that would be a good time. Like, hey, before you do that, like, I'll haul it away for you." Yeah,
1: right? like if I'll nobody take it comes by Goodwill. at the end of the day and wants to buy these. I'd be interested, you know, I can come by the next day and, and we can see what we work out. Yeah, either,
0: either either a deal or say like, if you're going to be taking these to Salvation Army or Goodwill, how about, how about I take it and I'll just, I'll take some of the items for myself that I want and whatever I don't want, I'll give, and you might be able to get items for free that way. No, I've done that. I did, there was one where
1: somebody said they had all these books and they're just like, yeah, I, we're not going to sell these, you know, at the garage sale just because they're not much value. We're just going to donate these. And I said, well, what if I take all of them? So I literally stacked up my pilot with books, and there were
0: a lot of profitable books in there. Hmm. It was totally worth my time. And then whatever is not profitable, you still take to the goodwill. So you're you're still providing a service both to the, the the thrift store and to the person and for yourself. So it's a win win win. Agreed.
1: Now other resellers. So I'll give you an example. So yesterday, this is, no, yesterday, yeah, well, a few days ago, I had another reseller who specialized in women's clothing, right? But they had a lot of men's cowboy boots that they had, I, I don't know if it was friends of family or somebody had given them to sell at their shop. So they had a brick and mortar store and they had all these buckles. And they had they got my name through another actually, they got my name through a manager of a thrift store who knew that I frequent, you know, I was friends with, and said, Hey, I know Orlando likes to buy these things. Why don't you contact him? So she texted me and said, Hey, I have all these boots. I have all yeah. I'm willing to sell these to you for this price. And sure enough, I had a major haul. Mm. I mean, I picked up I think like 20 buckles and five or six pair of boots for a decent price, and I'm going to make a decent amount on them, right? So, and and you see this all the time on Instagram. There's uh, there's some people that buy huge lots, and it's more than they're willing to deal with, or they buy you know they have they get like four thousand units and they don't have time to process all of them. So they're willing to, you know, sell them at a lower price, you know, a buck or two or three or four or five each. And you're still able to make 20 or $30 on each of those items. Right? So before it ever gets to the thrift store, before it ever ends up on eBay, you're able to pick those up. Or I'll give you one more example. Sometimes there's other resellers that are just done.
0: Mm. Yeah. I've gone to a few garage sales where that was clearly the case. Yeah. And, and, and not necessarily like eBay resellers, but like, I right, this looks like a a, a swap, moot, swap meet booth. Like I'm literally sending a swap meet booth and he's like, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm done with this life. And you can, you can buy that out. Yeah.
1: I mean, and you could have inventory for a long, long time, right? And that's, we talked about that before. Like you got to strike when the iron's hot, right? Because, you know, there's going to be those times where you're not going to be able to go out to a thrift store or out to garage sales or or anywhere where it's good to have those inventory reserves of, of items to be able to list them. That makes sense. Did I miss something there? No, that's good. I definitely would use social media and use social media within your local area. Right. So right now uh, there's a few other resellers I've connected with ever since the podcast that, you know, sometimes they'll contact me and they say, Hey Orlando, you know, this isn't my thing. I don't care about this. Uh, would you want to buy some of this for your own eBay store? And then if you find this, can you let me know? And I've been able to source a lot of product that way. Yep. So it's
0: definitely out there for you. Yeah, that's good. I need I need to do more networking for sure.
1: Yeah. And again, I know networking is hard. It's not easy. You got to get out of your comfort zone. I would say business cards is the easiest way to network because even if you're introverted, at least you have a card. It is very clear. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't make sure on that card, this is just my own opinion. You don't limit it to like just a handful of items. You just, you know, reseller, just reseller, buy, sell, trade, or whatever it is. Cause then, cause you never know what you're going to come across. Yeah,
0: And it's easy enough to make like a, a Google phone number, right? That if you don't want somebody having your personal phone number or maybe your personal email, create a little business one, right? Like have, have one set aside that's specifically for your reselling business and have a phone number for it and have a an email for it that's what i would do that's what i'm going to do
1: i agree agree now here's a new one and again a lot of people have you sourced on ebay before that sounds weird
0: no it doesn't sound weird i know i i mean i i'm trying to think i've bought a lot of things that i've i've basically gotten a steal for on ebay but never for reselling um part of the thing that holds me back from that is just the I don't know, like the fear of how much time it's going to take to be looking for the deal. And I feel like a lot of times those steals come from auction, right? Like not always, like sometimes yeah, it's no, buy it I now, it. but it's just like the the game of like, am I going to be able to time this right? Am I going to be able to get it? Am I looking for all the right items? But again, if that was part of my routine, if I, if I spent a half hour every day looking up like 15 items and I just spent time, I'm sure I'd find killer deals every once in a while on at least one of those. I think you'd find a lot.
1: There there are some people that just resell from sourcing on eBay back to eBay or sourcing on eBay and to Amazon, mm-hmm. like all the time. And I've I've done a ton of that because you got to remember, like, I don't th- I mean, I don't know what the numbers, but I don't think there's a huge like the majority of people on eBay aren't
0: resellers. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. They're just people that had stuff. I don't know around. if I'd say
0: majority, but many,
1: many. OK, whatever. The, <laughs> anyways there's a huge chunk of people that sell on eBay that are just trying to offload stuff. Right. So they know they can't, you know, they're not going to get a lot on garage sale. So they know that local they may not get much, but maybe they'll get just a little more on eBay, Hmm. but they want to sell it quick or they don't have enough knowledge about it. And what I do on eBay is I put save searches. So I'm looking for specific things that really know, make, I can make good money on. So for instance, there was a certain snapback at a certain point in time that I could flip for $50 that people would post and sell on, on eBay for $8
0: all the time. And the other thing too, we talked about at one time with buckles that you talked about if it's a small enough market where there's only, I don't know, a handful of them, if you buy all of them that get posted at a certain price, and then you list it for a higher price you're controlling the market on it. Now right. I'm not I'm not I'm not recommending doing that, but I'm just thinking about the last episode I talked about a very unique board game that I bought and there's only like 3 active listings on eBay right now and there's some solds that are pretty high and I I just to think like okay these are occasionally selling if you buy every single one that gets listed this would be a gamble so I'm not recommending doing it. But if you bought all of them that were listed below the price you have yours at and then you relisted those at your price you own the market, the market on it, market.
1: yeah, 100%. Yeah, and so with the save searches, and one thing you could also do is put in misspelled word save searches, right?
0: That's genius. <laughs>
1: no, and I'm not the only one that does that. There's a bunch of other resellers that do that, but I have gotten some good deals because what happens is no eyes get on that item because it's misspelled, and eventually they keep dropping the price, and boom, you go in and you buy
0: it. Do you find that you're... Number one, eBay arbitrage sales are from auctions or from Buy It Now?
1: I do. Uh, it's hard. Right now, it's Buy It Now, and the reason it's Buy It Now is because I move in on on it fast, mm. right? Because with an auction, you know, there's some time for other people to notice it, and and it's hard. Now, I will go to eBay and I'll put, you know, if I really want to, like on Sunday nights, I'll put ending tunis. And I'll put in the keywords for the item I'm looking, and then I'll start looking, okay, which of these are going to end soon? And I can snipe it right away, right? And there's sniping software out there to do that. I like buy it now because it's not as stressful, right? I see it, and I pick it up. So, for instance, I have picked up certain kinds of Hawaiian shirts that, you know, not many people know that they go for that much money. So, they'll list them, like, even new with tags for, like, 12 bucks, and I flip them for, like, 100 Right now, it hasn't always been the case. I haven't done it as much as I should just because right now I'm in the middle of garage sale season. That's the next thing we'll talk about. But I have definitely I, – I think if you're part-time, there's definitely an ability to just source strictly off of eBay if you play it right. Right? Because you think about it, there's a lag time between you getting from your home to the thrift store. Yep. But the lag time from you going from <laughs> – Your chair to your phone is a lot more, right? So within that 20 minutes, you could already have found some items. No, it's not
0: that easy. It's work. I think we already talked about some of the anxiety being in thrift stores. So I think one of the things that holds me back is the fear that I'm going to spend an hour every day looking up these items that I know I could potentially make money on and just never finding a good deal.
1: No, I agree. But eventually, once you know certain niches, you will find those deals there's always bound to be like right now I have three or four niches that I'm constantly looking and I would say at least once a week, I can find a few deals. Hmm. So sometimes I'll move on them. Sometimes I won't. It all depends on how much
0: inventory. So if I'm low on inventory, I'll move on it. And the nice thing is, is when that item comes, it's should technically already be packaged neatly in a box with all of the wrapping. Right. Yeah. Not, not that you would, um, store it that way just because storing is harder but you can kind of be like well i know when i need to pack this up i definitely have a box that it'll fit in Well, you could even take an x level and take the pictures but i wouldn't do that
1: i would take my own pictures
0: Mm. just saying just just literally just copy their entire post over like literally this is the item i am selling and for more money (laughs) for more money so and it's
1: i and and i will say i've had people message me going hey i just sold that to you and you're selling it for more like yep, sorry. And then I just like a Well, <laughs> see, I was even going down that road, but yeah, I will block them, and that's, you'll block them. Oh man, oh yeah. Well, because, no joke. Well, I mean that's I don't know. I, you know what? It, the reason I'm hesitant is our garage show two episodes ago. I think I got a little controversial yeah, with you, that Bose.
0: Yeah, man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I I listened to that back, and I'm like Orlando, that's messed up, man. Messed up. A little bit messed it's up. Business. It's business, but it's a little messed up. A little messed up. If, well, you, if, if you, you haven't heard, you gotta go back and listen to our garage sale episode and, and chime in. But be nice to Orlando. We all we're all humans. We all make mistakes. No, 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 no. He's, not a, perfect, a, no. he's not, a not a perfect he's not a perfect person. He's not a perfect person. He's a human. We both got there at the same time. He wasn't go back and to drop go back money. and listen to it. It's 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 a good story. Um, and if you wanna, if you wanna realize that you know Orlando isn't always the nicest person, you know you get that that episode will be there for you. I'm a
1: businessman. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, <laughs> it's okay. So safe searches is like one way to do it. Mafia boss. I'm
0: a businessman.
1: And anyways, and different platforms, right? You could definitely you know play to their strength. Like certain things are cheaper on eBay than they are on Poshmark. Certain things are cheaper on Poshmark, on Bonanza, on Etsy. There's definitely ways. There's certain platforms that sell things like Mercari. I, I'm just going to throw out there. I think that's a sourcing platform that has not been tapped yet. Because hmm. two years ago when Mercari first came out, I sourced that thing like crazy.
0: Hmm.
1: Like crazy. Because all it was was you didn't have like a lot of resellers or YouTubers talking about Mercari. All it was was people at home, oh, that mug. And they would just take a picture of the mug and just post it right away. And I had some searches and I, I I made some good money off of sourcing off Mercari. So it still might be. I just haven't touched Mercari in a long time.
0: Well, if it wasn't a thing, it is now. <laughs> yes. Because we've ruined it.
1: All our thousands of
0: millions of listeners. Our, our tens of tens of listeners.
1: Hey, you know what? If we're in a place where we have tens of thousands, it's, I'm good with that. We're okay. Yeah. Tell a friend. It takes Pure a hustle podcast. It, it takes a hustle
0: to be willing to do that.
1: Right now, being a keyboard warrior is a little easier.
0: Uh, No, that's not fair to say. It's not necessarily easier. I think it's different.
1: Okay. All right. That's fine.
0: That's fine. I'm still going back to like the
1: Bose stereo. It's still in the back of my mind.
0: Yeah. that That was messed up, man. No,
1: it wasn't. All right. Anyways, listen to a podcast two podcasts ago, how to make more money on garage sales. Okay. All right. Now, this is the common sense one. And I would say this is, The easiest way to make a ton of money without going to thrift stores is garage and estate sales. Garage sales more than estate sales. Right? But and we and you should listen to our garage sale episode. But this is what I'll say. When you make an offer to get things, if there's a huge lot of items. So let's say, you know, I don't know, uh, let's throw out rain spooner, because we say rain spooner. If there are 20 rain spooner shirts, okay. And they're trying to sell them for 15 each and you're like, ooh, like that's like a thrift store price possibly. There's 20 of them. When are you going to come across 20 of them again? Buy them all.
0: Do you agree with that? Yeah. And bundle them and, and, and get them for $5 or $8 a piece. What if I take them all? There you go.
1: There you go. And if somebody gets there at the same time, it's okay for you to offer more. That's going back to the other podcast. Sorry. I just had to throw that in there, but you're, you're trying to get to stuff before to make more
0: money before Before. you got to get there before, before.
1: Okay. All right. So garage, sales. I got to tell you, I have, it's only been a month of garage sales. I have enough to maybe list 500 items from just garage sales
0: from just this month, just this month. I'm doing it wrong.
1: I don't know if you're doing it wrong. I just think I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. We haven't gone to garage sales together.
0: Yeah. It's 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 all right. No, I'm doing I'm doing okay on garage sales. I'm just not maybe I need to expand my search. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too narrowly focused. Maybe I'm not being flexible and fluid enough. That could be it.
1: It could be. I mean part of it is, you know, when you go to a garage sale, you have to be willing to buy more than just your niche.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. And the other part of it too, just to be honest, I've been a little bit lazy and I've been staying in my local area. I like to leave my house at like six or six 30. I like to hit up all the areas around my house. And then I like to, to be like nine o'clock and be a few blocks from home and then and, be and, done. And that could be part of my problem. I'm not willing to drive, you know, an extra 20 or 30 miles, which maybe, maybe that's what I need to do. Different and, neighborhoods. And I will say,
1: and this is I don't know, but I hit garage sales hard. Like I go from six a.m. till noon, like and just right now. I'm not. It's not like that all the time, but when it's garage sale season, it's garage sale season. And if I can source enough where I don't have to set foot in a single thrift store for weeks, I will do it. Because you cannot, you cannot beat the ROI.
0: Yeah. No. It's it it truly is incredible.
1: So I would I would definitely strongly suggest if you've and the reason I say this, cause I know a lot of you don't do garage. I know some of you are in parts of the country that you can't do them year round, but if you're strictly a thrift store person and you really don't do, like I know a lot of resellers that are just like, we go to the Nike store, we just go to the outlets or we just go to thrift stores and that's totally fine. But I encourage you, especially if it's a community sale, go to that community sale, go in with a positive mindset have enough, you know, money in your pocket to say, you know what, I'm going to see if I can get this trunk filled and then see if it's worth it to you. Cause I'm pretty sure if you get that trunk filled, you're going to be hooked. That's just my belief. I've been doing garage sales for close to, uh, I want to say like seven or eight years consistently. And you know, there's, there's those moments where I'm like, Oh, was it worth my time? more than ever now, even now, especially with the competition from thrift stores, garage sales
0: have been the ultimate moneymaker for me right now. That's good stuff. So. I don't have, um, I know we're about to probably um, end this pretty soon, but I don't have a a great quote of the week. Oh, right. Um, We didn't have one last episode. No, we did. I mean, I I talked, I, I gave somewhat of a quote. It wasn't like a like a legitimate, perfect quote. and this this one isn't either. It's a little different. I'm reading a book called um, Leaders um, by I think it's general Stanley. is it I can't remember his last name. anyways, um it's an interesting book, and it goes through kind of like Plutarch's style um of of looking at two different leaders combining their style or comparing, and contrasting their styles, moving on to two more, and there's twelve total that he looked at. And one of the things that you got to, I know Plutarch, who he was, but you got to define Plutarch. So, so Plutarch went through a lot of the Greek and Roman, um, leaders of the time and kind of compared them. So like it would take two mythical leaders or two, uh, two famous generals and kind of compare like a Roman and then a Greek and then like kind of talk about like what they had in common and, and how they worked and how they, and, and that's kind of the style that this, this guy went through. And one of the things that he said that stood out to me was Oftentimes we look at leaders and they they almost become like like a myth. We end up thinking like we look so highly at them because biographers talk about all of the great things about them. They, they focus on just their accomplishments and playwrights and people who tell stories about them romanticize the story. And so they almost become like mythological. And when actually looking at realistically what makes most leaders successful, there isn't like a like a, a set formula. It's not like what made a good leader in one situation in one time frame under one political system, that same person put in another situation might be terrible, right? Like they would fall apart completely. What made leaders good is that it was a person who understood the environment. They understood the people that and the environment that they were in and they adapted to that situation. And so I think that the same thing is true for reselling, right? Like what's going to make you a strong reseller isn't a, a A plus B equals C formula, like do this, do this, and you'll have this. But it's being a person who's willing to look at, look at your the, the current culture of, of reselling, look at the trend, look at those things, and be willing to adapt and be willing to say, like what's working for me today might not be what's going to work a year from now. And I'm okay with that, knowing that I'm the kind of person who's gonna be a successful reseller. And being a successful reseller means understanding and expanding my abilities and adapting to those situations. So um, I think that's going to be the key to us with thrift stores currently, uh, because if I'm right, I think this is just a trend. I think we're eventually going to see and it could be long term, but I think we're going to see that that thrift stores are going to say like, hey, we're actually losing money on this model and we're going to revert back to a uh, less expensive a model. thrift store model. Yeah. It'll be a little thriftier
1: There you go Hey so hopefully We brought you value Maybe some of you That were experienced You know Touch base on some things That you haven't done in a while Those of you that are new We've given you some hope on Hey You can definitely Beat the thrift stores At their own game And make money And be profitable So with all that being said Make sure you're being real Be relevant And be reselling Peace